0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adhuri. Pulse95.
1: Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. Coming up on today's show, the latest headlines at Wimbledon as a star is born. All the boxing action coming up this weekend. Game of Zones, where I zone into my favourite game of the weekend. And the latest from the FIFA Women's World Cup, Copa America, and African Nations World Cup. Stay tuned for more on Pulse 95.
0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Umar Douri on Pulse 95.
1: Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm delighted to be here today. Listen to some Great stuff happening in the tennis world. A star is born. Corey Coco Goff stands her idol and comes back. Not just against a five-time champion, but also against a great, great opponent in Herzog who had her beaten with two match points to go. If anyone had watched yesterday's tennis, it was some incredible stuff as the 15-year-old competes and gets the whole of center court on her side. It was fantastic tennis and I can't believe she's only 15 years old. Next up for her is Romania's Halep, who's the seventh seed. There's a lack of characters in the game in in the modern sports world. Well, there's no shortage of that when it comes to the tennis. It's happening at Wimbledon now. I have a personal uh, sentiment with tennis at Wimbledon because that's where I come from. And Wimbledon was a place where I grew up. So having watched this from the UAE, it's fantastic to see how many people are tuned in. What did you guys think of the tennis this weekend? Did you uh, have a favorite? I am going to definitely be um, talking about my game of zones, where I zone into my game of the weekend with some fantastic tennis being played with Nadal and Kyrgios. If you don't know what's happened between that, stay tuned for more later on when it comes to the tennis because it's been fantastic. Now, in in the modern game, we see a lot of opponents come onto the scene and normally tennis is a gentleman or gentlewoman's sport as we know but there's been some big characters this time and I have to say I have thoroughly enjoyed it with watching 3 hours of a game you'd think someone would get bored never the case when it came down to the tennis and this this week has been filled with plenty of action what were your favorite moments of uh, the Wimbledon so far let me know. There's a lot been talking about accessories where Rafael Nadal wears a 500,000 pound watch as he plays against Kyrgios. What did you guys make of that? Would you ever wear a 500,000 pound watch? I personally wouldn't really uh, risk that, but he said it was very light and uh, he's friends with the owner, Richard Mill. So... I don't know. I would be more worried about the watch than the match itself, but it didn't let him lose his focus against Kyrgios. And in my game of zones later on, I will be focusing on the match of the weekend. Let us know what you think. Text us on 4215 or if you're on Instagram live, send us your messages through and I will definitely do my best to cover that in the final segment. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95. This
0: is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri.
1: Welcome back to the Halftime Show. On this segment, Knockout, we're going to be talking about boxing as Amir Khan will face Australia's Billy Dib next month after his original opponent, India's Neerat Goyat, was injured in a car crash. Plenty to talk about with Mr. Amir Khan. One, has his career passed his best? And on the other hand, We're looking at the venue, Saudi Arabia. How exciting for Saudi Arabia to be hosting the boxing at the moment. Amir Khan has been on the scene for a while. He's always had the hand speed, but not necessarily the chin to back it up. And in boxing, you boxing fans know that you could look like a gladiator. But if you get hit on the chin, as Andy Ruiz showed recently against the Adonis himself, Anthony Joshua, as he knocked him down on the floor... Um, it doesn't really matter how you look. It just matters how you can take a punch and how you can punch. And this Rocky story is, is folding out as um, Billy Dib was set for retirement in August and has come back to uh, make his comeback against uh, Amir Khan. Is it just one more paycheck for Amir Khan? Or is he really still got the hunger and the bite to stay into boxing? On other news, we've got Manny Pacquiao, who I know a lot of people in the studio are big fans of with his fight against Thurman coming up on the 20th. Manny Pacquiao is a very interesting character as he doesn't really need to fight, doesn't need the money, but he's fighting because he's motivated and even at the age that he's at, has the hunger to do what he's great at. And with the characters we have in boxing, we mentioned you know, personalities earlier in the tennis. If you were tuned in on Pulse95, you would have heard on the halftime show me talking about the tennis championships at the moment. Mindset's a big thing and I think Manny Pacquiao definitely stands for that. But it's a different era in boxing nowadays with uh, the Fabulous Four and the heavyweight division really, really giving us some exciting stuff with Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, Wilder, and now we have to talk about Andy Ruiz. And for those who haven't seen Andy Ruiz, I'll definitely be posting up uh, something on our uh, social media soon. He does not look like your typical boxer. After defeating... Uh, Anthony Joshua recently he is on the map uh, and he is in the driving seat to request whoever he wants to fight on this planet it was great to see an underdog come up against you know Anthony Joshua and beat him but was Anthony Joshua motivated? Did he uh, did he take him lightly? Was he complacent? These are all the questions we ask ourselves as boxing fans as the focus is on the big money which is at the moment now Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, what a match that was earlier this year when we saw them fight. It was incredible as I would say in my opinion, Tyson Fury outboxed Deontay Wilder. However, one overhand right by Deontay Wilder absolutely floored Tyson Fury. And how he got up, I have no idea. I watched that tape over and over again. And yet I'm still not able to understand exactly how Tyson Fury was able not just to get up, but fight one more round against The bronze bomber himself at Deontay Wilder. So who would you like to see fight up next? If money wasn't an issue, and we all know in the negotiation game nowadays in boxing, it's all about picking those fights that bring in the most money. Boxing fans out there, text us on 4215 or if you're on Instagram Live, let me know. Who would you like to see fight next? Is it Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder? Is it Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua, which was initially, um, you know, on the cards before Tyson Fury got involved? Or would you like to see Ruiz fight Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury? Let us know. Text us on 4215 or if you're on Instagram live, please send us your message and I will do my best to cover it on the final segment. For all those who are tuned in, thank you for showing love. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95.
0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to The Halftime Show Podcast. This is The Halftime Show
1: with Omar Thank you for tuning in on the Halftime Show with Omar Duri on my third segment, Game of Zones, where I tune into my Game of the Weekend. And on that, it had to be Nadal against Kyrgios. Now, this drama goes back five years ago when Kyrgios beat Nadal um, in the championship and Nadal was very, very calm and very cool in the way he responded to Kyrgios who tried every single um, trick in the book to be able to defeat Nadal. And it was very, very interesting to see the psychology behind that. We often speak about mindset on the show. You have an Australian who's coming into this tournament very, very aware of how good Nadal is, have been even being seeded third in the Wimbledon seedings for 2019. However, Kyrgios tried every trick in the book. One of them was actually smashing the tennis ball at Nadal during the match which was incredible to see Nadal did not react that was one and when questioned about it in the media afterwards they asked Kyrios, did you regret hitting the ball at uh, Nadal and his response was i actually aimed for his chest and that's pretty savage for uh, for tennis which is like i said earlier normally normally a gentleman or a gentlewoman sport now we're not really used to seeing those type of characters, and if any of you remember or are old enough to remember, back in the day, a certain John McEnroe, who happened to be um, commentating on this uh, this match, ironically, who used to throw his racket, say all sorts of superlatives at the Empire, and I saw a little bit of that in the, in the match here. It went for three hours. Now that's not normally uh, the case when you have two fire you know houses like these two. Uh, these two tennis players who approached it in a very very interesting way there was there was some sort of intensity in the air at Wimbledon and despite Nadal being the favorite Karyos gave a great showing and it really showed that tennis is at the top of its game at the moment especially especially as there was a lot of things that were good this weekend you know there was some great things Corey Goff as we spoke about her as, as she likes to be called Corey Coco Goff because her father's called Corey and she doesn't want to be called after her father was it exciting yesterday as she beat Herzog in uh, the tennis match after being two match points down however for me Nadal and uh, Kyrgios was incredible if you haven't watched it you definitely definitely need to tune in and see more of that because it was an incredible tennis match one of the other things that stood out in that match was an underarm serve now for all those who know tennis It's not very gentleman-like to be hitting the ball as an underarm serve when it comes to playing at the biggest stage. And Wimbledon is the biggest stage. And as as I said to you earlier, I have a little sentiment with Wimbledon as that's where I come from, in London. If you didn't know that, you know that today. And for all my half-timers out there, that's something that you know resembles with me, especially when you come from a city or you come from a town and you're having a major tournament being played. The whole atmosphere changes. The, all of a sudden, you see your neighbours. The neighbours come out. The sun is shining. People are serving brownies and strawberries and cream, which, to be honest, you don't see your neighbours all year because it's raining and gloomy. So for once, it's a time to celebrate when you see the sun come out in Wimbledon. And it definitely did not disappoint this weekend. Now, another thing that you know came up in the news was accessories in tennis. Would you wear a £500,000 watch? while you are playing at the highest level. I'm not sure I would even come close to doing that. I might keep it in a safe. Well, you'd question even if I would even have a watch worth that much. Nadal had that and he actually said in his press conference, it seems very light and I know the owner. So that always helps as well. As a sponsor, that was something that a lot of people circulated around Nadal's victory against uh, Kyrgios. Very, very interesting. It's a shame that Kyrgios has been knocked out. He was very gracious in defeat though as he uh shook nadal's hand and the empire after bombarding the empire with a lot of abuse throughout the the tennis match it definitely definitely did strike as one of the matches of the tournament in what seems to be a very very exciting tournament coming up but i'm still i'm still kind of sad that you know one of the the big characters the big personalities you could tell by the way he was standing by the way he was striking the ball by the way he was even you know eyeballing Nadal across the court that he meant business and it was a great, great match to watch. So for me, guys, in the segment that I call Game of Zones, this is the game that I want to zone in on and I hope you guys got a chance to watch it and if not, definitely, definitely, definitely go out there and catch that match because it was an incredible tennis match to watch and a great advert for the game. Kids, there's a lot of good things out there happening and tennis is definitely one of them. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95.
0: (laughs) This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. The FIFA Women's World
1: Cup
0: 2019. 2019. Bringing you the latest action. 95.
1: Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Dury. It's been a great show so far, but we've got one of the most important things in women's football coming up at the FIFA Women's World Cup 2019 in France. Now, the USA meet Netherlands. As we uh, approach a final that's been very, very good on the eye. Women's football is definitely, definitely on the high. And the Netherlands have been extremely colourful with some great, great football so far. Who are your favourites to win it now? Surely the US, having entered the tournament with Japan and Brazil and the host, France, after surpassing them, are the favourites to win. But do we have a sneaky feeling for Netherlands? What do you guys think? Let us know. Text us on 4215. Who do you think is going to win the FIFA Women's World Cup? A lot of controversy around um, Alex Morgan's celebration following the England game with her sipping tea. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but the US have taken it quite lightly and said, you know, we're at the world stage. This is what we do. We want to play hard, but we want to work hard. And that's exactly what they've shown so far. I thought they managed the game incredibly against England. Um, You could tell they were experienced just by the way We reached the 75th minute, I believe. A lot of uh, veterans in that team had experienced some great stuff with managing the game well, stopping the game when they had to, causing fouls, pulling off offsides, or even taking their time on set pieces. You could tell the US had an extra gear and England weren't able to cope with it. On the other hand, Netherlands beating Sweden after Sweden knocked out Germany could have gone anyway but to be honest I just hope it's a good final for the neutral and I hope that everyone enjoys it out there but in Copa America Brazil finally finally do take it a step further now with the way they've been playing it's been very very interesting with how things have been going on and I personally think that Brazil have knocked out Argentina which we discussed in our last show about Lionel Messi and all the pressure he has in performing, and it's been very, very interesting to see that now that Lionel Messi and Argentina have finally exited the Copa America, we're talking about football again. What do you guys think about Lionel Messi and his legacy with Argentina? Does that count for much in his legacy as the greatest player of all time, or are we being critical by saying Maradona has done it at the biggest stage? So why shouldn't Lionel Messi? I think now with Peru reaching, you know, the final definitely definitely see them as tough opponents for brazil however brazil are the hosts Uh, they have a chance to really really cement themselves as the champions of south america and also focus on the next chapter as we move on into the football headlines in the african nations cup now benin have knocked out morocco on penalties We did say there will be a couple of surprises. They do meet Senegal next on Wednesday. However, Madagascar, who I did say were my underdog favorites for this tournament, face Congo, Ghana, face Tunisia, Nigeria, face Cameroon, Egypt. I know I have a lot of Egyptian fans out there supporting against South Africa. Algeria, who have been powerhouses and extremely, extremely good opponents in this tournament. Who can go very, very far. I have a feeling we might we might have an Egypt-Algeria um, semi-final coming up with Mali facing the Ivory Coast. What are your thoughts on who's going to win the African Nations Cup? Have you been watching it lately? Which team has stood out for you? Text us on 4215 or message me on Instagram Live and let me know who you think will be taking it far in this tournament. There's been a lot, a lot happening with the African Nations Cup, the Copa America and... FIFA Women's World Cup it is coming to the end of the season of the tournaments as we go back to domestic leagues which by the way has a lot in store for us at the moment now all the clubs all the drama all the transfer news all the speculation on which managers will be going where and that leads up to a show coming up very soon on the halftime show with uh, Pulse95 I have a special guest who is involved in the football world of international transfers who I will be introducing on here very, very soon. And guys, there's a lot of interesting talk in there with Eden Hazard, Antoine Griezmann, Zinedine Zidane, and a lot of transfers. We don't know what happens behind the scenes. We will be finding out very soon on the Halftime Show. For all the halftimers out there, stay tuned for more on Pulse95.
0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. On Pulse95.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Halftime Show. It's been a great show. I've had plenty of questions in. Um, guys, ladies, if you are going to send in a text... Or you're going to send in a message, allow me to shout and show you my appreciation by leaving your name. I didn't actually get your name. And thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate the fact you guys are supporting and showing love. It means a lot to us here at Pulse95 and especially at the Halftime Show. So you are officially timers. Ladies and gentlemen, you are half is now. I've had a few questions in. I will try and answer them as we do cover quite a lot in a short space of time. Now, I know it's only an hour, but I try and get through to all, um, obviously, the people tuning in. And one of the questions were from Umran. Will Liverpool win the Premier League and will Virgil van Dijk win Ballon d'Or? To be honest, I know Manchester City recently purchased Rodri. I think Liverpool are one or two signings away from really, really... Uh, cementing their legacy, I would say. Uh, not just in the Premier League, but in Europe. And Europe, obviously, they've won the Champions League. In the Premier League, Manchester City have been dominant, having won back-to-back titles. Virgil van Dijk, in my opinion, has been Player of the Year. Extremely, extremely uh, talented individual who has come from strength to strength throughout his career now to be one of the best, if not the best, defender out there. Yes, you heard it here first. If not the best defender out here an incredible incredible player on my next question Mr Al Hashemi says do United have a chance of being in the top three I'm really sorry but I'm not sure Mr Al Hashemi that's the case and to be honest having said that there's plenty of them to do I think there's a problem behind the scenes, forget Oligon Sunshire's management, I think it's his support system, his backroom staff. Um, Who is in charge of the transfers? We often hear the word head coach in football instead of manager. And I tend to worry about that whenever I see that because the head coach's role is merely on the team and not necessarily what goes on behind the scenes with recruitment and transfers. And it makes me cringe a little bit sometimes when I see the days of Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, who have been managers, football managers, probably in charge of too much. But at the same time in control of everything. and that's my only concern with Manchester United because to be honest, Manchester City, Liverpool and even Tottenham are quite a distance away from your Chelseas, your arsenals and your Manchester Uniteds. And I do know Chelsea finished third last year and did win the Europa League, but there's this sense of being unstable for them that kind of worries me normally when it comes to uh, when it comes to Chelsea. Trying to get through to all your questions. Uh, Kim Orchido, what's your take on Frank Lampard? Absolutely love the appointment, especially with the transfer ban and the players behind the scenes. I think that's fantastic for him to be able to develop the youth. And by the way, there are at least 25 players to return back on loan. Despite Eden Hazard's um, exit to Real Madrid, plenty to look forward to in Chelsea. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate your support and love. We're back on Monday, 3 to 4, on the Halftime Show on Pulse95. Thank you for tuning in, Halftimers. See you soon. Have a great weekend.
0: This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.